Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, oh yeah. Happy New Year and welcome back everybody. Yeah. Are, yes, happy you? New Year. We are now tuned in to High Nine News. Thank you all for joining us not only to get High Nine once again, but also High Noon on the East Coast. I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street and this Monday, January 2nd, 2023. Today is National Thank God It's Monday day because Satan's to blame for Sundays. National Buffet Day because a great deal always beats a New Year's resolution. And World Introvert Day, because they always want all the damn attention. For everybody out there watching, please remember to like, share, and smack that subscribe button up a little bit so you can follow Hyatt 9 News on all social media platforms. We're live on weekdays on YouTube and Twitch, audio only on Clubhouse. But if you do choose the Clubhouse route, you can always participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story presented. We'll be getting things started in just a second, but uh, first we have a message from our sponsors. At True Classic OG, we live by one motto. Stay true. We stay true to our legacy cut of True OG that's always fresh, piney, gassy, and delicious. We represent the spirit and hustle and diversity of our great city of angels, and we stay true to the spirit of this plant doing everything in-house to ensure that you get the highest quality and consistency with every batch. And that's what made us LA's favorite OG. True Classic OG. Stay true, Los Angeles. Up first, we got the longest continuously operating retailer in the game, always smoking on the best weed in the world. Down in Florida is by the Mar-a-Lago staff. They know him as Gucci Blanco. If he's out in Detroit, it's white Gucci. But if you catch this man walking around asking questions about why Southwest Airlines is now charging bag fees, you know who it is. It is the man himself, the ivory to my ebony, Mr. Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. Happy New Year, everybody. It's great to see everybody. Glad you all rolled in with us and are celebrating 2023. It is now Michael Jordan's official year, and my story today comes out of Kentucky, you guys. That's right, because Governor Bashir's executive order takes effect today as marijuana activists push for more reform. The governor put pen to paper back in November, and as of Sunday, the ink dried on his new executive order. If you meet a few requirements and one of 21 medical conditions, you can now legally possess cannabis in the state of Kentucky. In a quote, 
That is having under eight ounces. That is having proof that it's been purchased legally in a state where it's legal, Governor Bashir's said in an interview on Wednesday at the state capitol. Earlier this week, Governor Bashir laid out the potential positives that medical marijuana could have in the Commonwealth. It, it, can, be a, it can be a veteran suffering from PTSD, said Governor Bashir's. It can be a family member suffering from epilepsy. And these aren't stories. They are realities, he says. Robert Matthew owns KYCBD Pharmacy. I'm sorry, that just sounds all kinds of bad. And is pleased by the order, but says it comes with some complications. There's a lot of doctors starting today that can recommend medical marijuana, Matheny said. Some of these doctors don't even know how to use it. Matheny says that the order left gray areas in the terms of what forms of marijuana can be possessed and how the law will be applied moving forward. On top of that, the order may face legal challenges from the Attorney General Daniel Cameroon. Matthews focus, oh, excuse me, as we move into the new year and towards a new legislative session, Matthews' focus has also moved to getting the plant legalized for sale within the state. He serves as a board member of the Kentucky Cannabis Freedom Coalition and says that he will be filing a bill with a Kentucky lawmaker to try and put that dis- discussion into Kentuckians' hands so more Kentuckians can make the decision to get their hands on marijuana as a medication. This is to amend the Kentucky Constitution to allow Kentuckians to vote on cannabis for themselves, said Matheny. We can't keep asking legislators to do this. We need a second option, he says. So it sounds to me like Kentuckians, you guys are going to get a ballot measure coming up pretty soon but I'm not sure if your state constitution actually even allows for that. So I'm not sure how much that is a reality. And I also question the fact of the governor's ability to actually do this. And I think that the, that the attorney general is probably going to put a big kibosh on it, but I'm going to digress and see what y'all have to say. And this is Jason Beck reporting for the high at nine news hour. What do y'all say? At least he's on record pushing it forward. I mean, I think it's great that he is pushing forward and that he is doing this. I do think that it's going to result in a lot of legal complications and it might actually um, harm some patients because they may not have the legal resources to actually give themselves a, a qualifying uh, 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 qualifying uh, lawyer or something, you know what I mean, that, that can actually defend them in a case like that. Right. What do you think? I'm still stuck on the word cookie in. I don't know why that word is sticking in my head so much, but Kentuckian is making me laugh a little today. <laughs> <laughs> Kentuckians. It sounds dirty. Kentuckians. This is, about, this is about the story that you reported on the other day, Gretchen. Right, I get it. So what lawsuits do you expect to come from this that's going to hurt patients? What are you? I expect, I expect that there's going to be a patient that gets, that gets uh, caught up with marijuana, all right, uh-huh. and then has a, has a receipt from another state and has packaging from another state and Kentucky law enforcement is still going to going to going to arrest this person. And Uh the attorney general is going to press charges because they can prove that it violates uh, federal law because it's crossed the interstate line. And I don't think that that patient is going to be able to afford their legal fees. That's what I I think is going to happen. Yeah, I agree. You agree, Chris? Law enforcement agrees with me. No, law enforcement. Wait a minute, Chris Eggers. Did you watch Friday's show where uh, the my 
my story was about this, but it was also about how the governor had been giving special directives and informing law enforcement on how to deal with this. So if you are That's a law good. enforcement officer in Kentucky, would you say, screw the governor, fuck what he says, and go and do what you want and still arrest people? I know a lot of uh, law enforcement that would say that. And because they would feel as though that mm -hmm. the attorney general is on their side and they're going to back him up. And that's really their boss, not the governor. Oh, 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 I like Nick Bradley. He's now my new favorite troll out there. State police can't enforce federal law, Jason. And yeah, they can. What about the sheriffs? Because the, um, the elected sheriffs only um, um, answer to the mm -hmm. Constitution. Kentucky has state. I believe in Kentucky, it's a state trooper that they have. It's a statewide police system. They don't have county. They don't have county uh, sheriffs. And I'm not sure. That's, that's... Said that. I don't know if a lot of people know know that. You know, they they look at law enforcement as one agency. Uh, you know, the, the chief of police makes a rule. Then they look at a sheriff. You know, right. office. They look at that. And a lot of people don't know. Thank you for bringing it up. That the sheriffs, you know, operate way differently. You know, even today mm -hmm. in California, given that their boss is an elected official, they do yeah. not have to answer to Gavin Newsom. That's right. That's right. What are you going to say about that, Gretchen? I disagree. And I would say, and I would, I would ask Chris Eggers, uh, do law enforcement really care to make an enemy out of the governor over, over something so trivial as something which he has said, don't pick up a medical patient for bringing cannabis into the state? I think you, I think what would be really helpful here is an absolute directive similar to what New York uh, NYPD did where they say, Hey, we're not going to enforce this. And that's coming from somebody within their chain of command that they're used to seeing in that case, the chief of police. So, you know, I, I don't know. I would argue that, you know, a bunch of cops anywhere um, aren't totally sure about the chain of command outside of their own um, organization. So I don't know if they would know to listen or not listen or not. Well, I would hope so, because the governor said that he was giving them even little cards that they could carry around so they know how to deal with medical patients coming into their state. So, frankly, I think that uh, the governor is putting his weight behind it. Jason, I'd be surprised. I might even be willing to make a bet, even though... Oh, let's make a bet! You oh, refuse yeah. to put money on anything or actually pay out your bets. I don't know. I do pay so my bets. I do pay my bets. I'm actually getting ready to mail your stuff out in the mail. I, I would be mailing it. I would be mailing your $100 to you today. You okay? But, but for some reason, today's a federal holiday, and I don't even understand that because yesterday was New Year's Day. Because you have to celebrate New Year's Day on a day to give people the day off, so that's why that's, they move that's it. Anyway, I'll make a bet with you, Jason Beck. All right, and I, I have to put a timeline on this because it, we can't go forever on this. For, so I'm saying within the first quarter, in the first three months, no Kentucky police officer is going to arrest a medical patient that we hear about. I would ask you for know. the first six months, but I would take your first three months, but I would ask for the first six months. All right. I'll give you six months. All Double right. or nothing. Double or nothing. So, 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 so are we betting $100 or $200 on this? $200. Three, $200, $200 that there is one person that's a medical patient that tries this and gets gets arrested and gets prosecuted. Right. And I, I know right. you, I know I'm you saying that won't happen. Yeah, you're saying you it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. How are you right. going to collect this? How are you going to collect these monies, Gretchen? At some point I will go out to LA and break some knees if I have to. Oh. I know people the chat already you, thinks you're going to lose this bet, Gretchen. <laughs> Uh, well, they think you're not going to pay me, so I might as well just lose it. <laughs> <laughs>
That's funny. Everyone knows I pay my bets. But you know these state, you know these state laws, though, man. Um, state by state law, and everybody wants to say states' rights, everything. This is what happened with slavery. You know that shit, right? Same exact fucking thing. What's that? Um, why you gotta it's, go not legal, it's not legal in our state. I don't care if it's federally legal. It's not legal in our state. You can continue being a slave. Don't cross that line. Ooh. Wow. That's why states' rights are states' rights. Mm, yeah. Interesting. That, that, <laughs> what, me, what, what do you mean, Nick, that that's not a $200 bet? We just bet 200 bucks. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Let's keep it I'm rolling. confused by that, Nicholas, but nonetheless, nonetheless, we're going to keep it, keep it moving. Thank you guys for entertaining me on that story today. And I do think. And I think you need to pay your debts on, on the show so people can see. <laughs> I, I don't pay anything. I don't pay anything online. Gretchen will get it in the mail and then I'm going to probably like write on it. Just like, Hey, Gretchen, here's from Jason. Da, 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 da. And, uh, and then that way she can throw it, throw it on there and be like, see, this $100 bill came from Jason. She'll be so excited. I will be more she's than happy go, to she's show probably go buy a bunch of outdoor booths. 200. 100. 200. You forgot there the was a mass party. No, 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 no. We're, we're, doing, we're doing a poll for that one. We're doing a poll for that one because Oregon had a mass party, and that's what they called it. Even the governor called it and was quoted in a paper saying that in a press conference. The governor is stupid doesn't mean that she's right. Expungements aren't pardons. Move don't you along. think that this doesn't don't, don't you think that would apply to this just because the governor is overreaching? You don't you don't call that the same thing. And I didn't say that she was overreaching. I think she's misinformed on her legal terminees. That's but my point is that he don't you think Governor Bashir's is misinformed as to what he can actually do? What? You don't th you don't think Governor Bashir's is actually misinformed into what he actually can do? Like I don't think he has the power to direct law enforcement to not prosecute. I think he absolutely can. Uh, I, I mean, we've seen this with Rohrbacher Farr. I think, uh, you know. That's an appropriations but, bill. That's totally different. That's th not that's even different, the same thing not, as this. Exactly. But they're telling people not to mess with medical states. That's what Rohrbacher Farr does. And frankly, and Chris, back me up if, if I'm completely wrong, fine. But is not the governor in charge of law enforcement in his state? Can he not give directives nope. to law enforcement and say, I'm declaring that martial law for example things happen the governor does have some authority jason hold on Mar martial law martial first of all martial law can only happen when there's a breakdown in the entire justice system and there is no justice system in place that's what i want to see i want to see some martial law enforcing these uh, uh, careful oh god here hold on chris chris what do you have to say about this chris going to be any justice if it's just I, us again you know you got to keep it real simple for for working law enforcement okay um and that directive, I think, needs to come from whoever the the top, you know, dog is in their organization. Um, but that wouldn't wouldn't that be the attorney general? Wouldn't that be the attorney general within their organization? You know, dude, a lot of cops don't know an attorney general. So is. you're saying whoever is whoever's in charge of the of the state patrol? Yeah, exactly. And, and okay. I'm saying well, within their own organization, chief of police. Boom. You know, because again, I mean, you know, well, that's all I'll say. <laughs> Who's the boss of the attorney general? The governor. Not, I mean, I mean, you, I, I don't you, know. Look, I, I would look, beg to differ uh, on next that. Next story. Move along. I beg to differ. I beg next. to differ on that. <laughs> I beg to differ on that. I beg to differ on that. I don't think the attorney general has a boss. Attorney generals do what they want to do. They are the, the purview cabinet. of the law. They're the purview of the oh law. Oh my god! Let's go look back our, to civics look, class. One look, look, look at look at our justice department right now. They just do whatever the hell they want right now. Uh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. Coming up next, 
It is the dope dad himself, Rico Lameet. When he's not celebrating New Year's with his little one, keeping her up all night, giving her all kinds of candy and sugar, mm-hmm. you can find him trying to take cat naps <laughs> on the couch because he's just too damn tired. <laughs> That's right. It is the dope dad himself, Rico Lameet. Happy New Year, everybody. My headline of the day is from San Francisco Gates Lester Black. Drug dealing executives, how potheads fell in love with LinkedIn. Has LinkedIn quietly become cannabis industry's hottest social media network? When it comes to topics on weed, other leading social media platforms have all lost major steam in the engagement race to the, to the place once known to many as Facebook for squares. Increased censorship and restrictive platform policies on usage and marketing cannabis has left business people thoughtless and influencers no choice but to take their talents elsewhere. And it makes a lot more sense if you actually think about it. Medical and adult use legislation swept the nation over the last several years, leading to a glut of new weed jobs available across the supply chain. As mainstream Americans get increasingly fed up with traditional shittiness and mon- uh, monotony in their respective lanes, it's only natural to migrate into ours. The top three platforms you think would be a natural fit for online stoners, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, have all droves over uh, for the greener pastures of what SFGate says has become the best place online to see experts talk about growing pot, making an exotic uh, cannabis hash, or selling millions of dollars of weed. The best part about all this? LinkedIn doesn't mind being the cool parent who'd rather you smoke weed at their house than out in the streets with all your hood rat friends. The Microsoft-owned company admits it rarely even moderates cannabis content. A spokesperson for the company confirmed in the article, users are more than welcome to talk openly about uh, weed business on the network. Venue, uh, members come to LinkedIn every day to share knowledge, insights, and perspectives around the world of work and their particular industries, which can include the cannabis industry. Industry operators on all levels have not only tested LinkedIn's hospitality, they've taken full advantage, with some companies now considering it a red flag when hiring candidates don't have a heavily detailed profile. Joyce Canale, the CEO of Sonoma, Sonoma Hills Farm and a co-founder of Cannabis Media Council, says if you're on social media and cannabis, you're on LinkedIn, the most important social media network for the cannabis industry. Dustin Hawksworth, who owns a marketing company and magazine called Fat Nugs, uh, said everything he's done with the magazine is through word of mouth on LinkedIn. It's networking on steroids and the number one place to be for social media when it comes to cannabis. Facebook, TikTok, and IG dug their own graves here. Blocked and deleted posts, restricted accounts, and in some cases, all-out deplatforming are common punishments doled out by the big three to cannabis-friendly users with no known consistency in their enforcement practices. It's led to cannabis influencers paying shadow brokers to, and hackers to regain their access to their accounts. Even the New York state government got blocked from posting educational content on TikTok. I personally haven't been very active on LinkedIn since leaving the corporate world six years ago, but definitely have benefited from the network's progressive policies. I logged on randomly about six months ago and uh, to finally update my profile pic, which I haven't changed since 2017. At the top of my inbox with about a million unread messages was a shout out from an old friend that led me to scoring my current position at Happy Cabbage Analytics. But I know not everybody's happy with a desk jockey ma- uh, migration here. And if you want a good laugh, about it, go check out Patrick uh, Marvellius's uh, review of this year's MJ BizCon in high, ti- uh, in high Times. It was titled, Who the Fuck Are You People? And it, he says, 
if he were ever to be crowned king, he'd charge all the lizard people with high treason and send them to Madagascar to be used in a barbaric gene splicing experimentation. Everyone on LinkedIn, every last damn one of you. <laughs> literally L literary excellence right over there but i want to know about everybody else in the room has linkedin got the juice now or no i'm rico let me dopest dad on the street happy new year everybody welcome back to high at nine news i actually love I mean, this article rico because i'm a huge fan of linkedin i have been for a very long time it is by in my opinion the most user-friendly platform for cannabis business operators and, um, you know, in the chat, somebody over here mentioned Social Club with Burner. But, like, I think as much as I'm excited about Social Club, I really think that these pre-existing, long-standing, very reputable, multi-industry incorporating platforms are really going to be where we end up living. I think it's just a matter of time until these platforms, like, wake up and realize that they're losing out on a lot by getting rid of us. So... Um, I am very thankful for LinkedIn. Um, there have been people's accounts who have been shut down. So don't think that it's not possible, but I'm a big fan. I mean, I, I like LinkedIn. I feel like they, I feel like they, they don't, uh, censor a lot, but I will say that I am being censored by LinkedIn currently because I cannot live stream to my LinkedIn and LinkedIn will not tell me why. And well, I that's think just I, poor customer service. I can and, live stream. Yeah, and I that's understand. Right. I understand that. I I understand that, but I'm saying that I can't, and they won't tell me why. Uh, not to mention, I think Twitter is probably the best platform for cannabis because there is the least amount of censorship on that platform. Because I'm well, currently being Twitter's censored by be LinkedIn. Out of business in three days. With Twitter ain't going out of business. <laughs> Get out of here. Twitter is not going to go out of business at all. Stop it. I, I agree with I agree with Mandy. Um, I, I, I definitely think that LinkedIn has been a good space for cannabis, at least when it comes to the business side of things. Um, I don't I, I'm sure it's not the greatest platform out there for cultivators, um, but I would say that it has been a positive. And if we are going to move past the stigma, uh, we need to be on platforms where people can see us and understand and read our posts and actually become a bit more educated on it. Um, it's I don't think it's much of a benefit for us not to be out there um, on say something like burner social club or something um, because that's not where the general public is. It's, 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 it's not, it's, it's not, but it's not what, so, it's not what. So what, I mean, with, with, with burners platform, the, the social club thing, man, it's actually been around for a long time and it's like repurposed, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't know about all that. All I know, all I know is it's going to be mostly just cannabis. It's going to be mostly just there. people on there. Yeah. I'm getting weird feedback. I'm getting weird feedback. Yeah. So, I'm, yeah. I'm, no, I'm used to I, I'm getting it too. Not sure exactly what the hell is going on. Um, Leave it on Rico. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Mandy. Please finish. Um, yeah, well, sorry, I kind of got distracted by the sound, but ultimately I think that social club, like it's not general public enough, right? Like this is what I say all the time from a marketing standpoint. If weed businesses are only marketing to current weed customers, you're going to go out of business. And so you need to be going into platforms where the general people who are not using cannabis 
cannabis yet, but maybe can cannabis or have friends who are using it and they want to know a little bit more about it. Over time and frequent exposure in the general marketplace, people's like, oh my goshness is going to start to calm down. And we can't keep hiding out in only cannabis environments. We have to keep pushing the envelope in these mainstream settings, but we need to do it in like really respectful ways. And I feel like LinkedIn does this beautiful job of painting the picture of what's happening in our industry from a business standpoint, right? But like people actually care about our economy. And so in LinkedIn, that information lives. Social Club is really into a place to sell your weed online and, you know, all props to Burner, but I mean, he's the one or his team is the one posting you know, five times a day. I get my phone only gets blown up with burner posts all day long. I don't really see anybody else. Or very few. Interesting. I mean, don't don't you think, though, too, uh, Mandy, that uh, that the LinkedIn, as far as being like the main cannabis social page, is more chatty and bratty as opposed to like the real culture of cannabis? Mm, you're, so you're saying social club is the real culture? No. I think Instagram is the real culture. I think that Instagram is, I don't think anywhere is anyone's culture because cannabis fits multiple cultures, right? What cannabis is to me is going to be different to Chris, is going to be different to Gretchen, right? Someone actually said this. That's just because of where Gretchen lives. I wish I had screenshots yesterday, but someone's Instagram page caught me with a little quote yesterday that I thought was just so, so true. And it's, it's that, and I'm paraphrasing here, I'm going to butcher it a tiny bit, but basically it was like cannabis lifestyle doesn't fit you like, or, or sorry, cannabis fits you. You don't fit it. Right. So there's a different way for you to incorporate cannabis in your life, no matter what kind of lifestyle you have. So lifestyle on IG is subjective and it really comes down to like how you choose to incorporate it in your world. Some people use cannabis all day long and no one even has any idea, right? Because all their methodology is incredibly discreet. Other people are like waving their joints in the air and dancing around all day long. Like there's just so many different lifestyles, right? I don't think that cannabis has a lifestyle anymore. It's more about a value system, I think. And the value system really is, do you connect to plan for me anyway? Mm -hmm. And I think that with, how much legalization has come about, even if it is medically. Um, but it, I mean, it's still not legal now in 18 states recreationally. That's right. going to change the culture. I, and I, and for those who are grasping and holding on to, oh, this is cannabis culture. And if you don't do it this way that we've been doing it for 40 years, hiding in the woods, then you're not a part of this or you don't understand it or you can't be a part of this economy moving forward. I, it's just ridiculous. And those folks are going to be on the list of people going out of business. Uh, if they don't learn to adapt and try and accept new participants, like Mandy says, it, cannabis is different for everyone. Um, and I think is the goal here should be access for everyone. It shouldn't well, be, let's yeah. hold on to our, our dreams behind, you know, hanging out in the woods. Well, well we, we do have diversify. We have to diversify yeah. our messaging, right? It's not just, again, there's not just one consumer out there. There's millions, billions, and we need to be able to trust them in whatever platform that they're following. So. I, I think LinkedIn LinkedIn generally does a pretty good. What's that, oh, Chris? I, I think LinkedIn generally does a, a decent job of it. I'm very thankful for LinkedIn. I agree that LinkedIn is a little bit more B2B. Um, and certainly I think is a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say valuable, but easier to use for pick and shovel 
um, companies versus actual plant touching companies today, maybe. But, you know, I think LinkedIn does a pretty good job. I consume a ton of, I learn a lot on LinkedIn from folks that are, you know, like growers or cultivators, like folks that are, you know, in different aspects of this industry than I am. I learn a lot from LinkedIn and that that's why I'm, I'm super thankful for LinkedIn. There's a lot so, of information. So Chris is all in on LinkedIn. We have Dr. Felicia up from the clubhouse audience up to talk about this. What do you have to say about this, Dr. Felicia? Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Briefly, I just want to say that I've been censored on Facebook a time or two, and I'm only talking about cannabis education, CBD mm -hmm. occasionally, but on LinkedIn, I've never been censored. And um, I, you know, I see a lot of my colleagues who are in the cannabis education space on LinkedIn. So it's been it's been pretty good to us over on LinkedIn. So I, I just want to say that. How are they right. going to? Well, I'm being censored on LinkedIn right Felicia. now. How are they going to censor Dr. Felicia? I hate them already, Doctor. Just saying. I mean, I mean, that's Facebook, bro. That's Meta. That's Instagram. That's they censor all of us. That's what they do. Well, I'm shadow dark. ban us all, and you know what I mean. It is what I'm it is. I'm Dark Zuckerberg. Dark Zuckerberg. Oh my goodness. Taking oh. this shit over. Oh my god. Let's keep Here it. we go. This spicy redheaded conservative with Mayflower roots made a pilgrimage south to Washington long ago to mix in with the locals, become well known in the right DC circles, and she made her way to their hearts, through their bellies. And now she mixes it up every day on K Street with pot loving libs across the aisle. Y'all give it up for the founder of Panoptic Strategies and our very own Washington insider, Gretchen, the comrade, Gailey. Good afternoon. I would like to start out wishing everyone a happy new year. And I will let you know that every day I'm going to give us, well, I guess you can't read this because it's backwards, but that's a you two. Got, you got you to click on your settings, Gretchen, and click a uh, mirror screen. That's a click two. mirror screen. Anyway, that's a two for Jason Beck for two days past paying up on his debts. And every day we will get an update on Jason Beck paying his debts. Anyway, my headline, of course, is coming from my favorite publication, Marijuana Moment. Uh, and a uh, good old Biden decided to hand out a few more bullshit pardons. Here we go. As Biden issues a handful of new marijuana and drug pardons, advocates demand he release current prisoners. President Joe Biden granted a half dozen pardons on Friday, including for a handful of people with marijuana or other drug convictions on their records. The end of year clemency action follows the mass pardon for Americans who've committed federal cannabis possession offenses and the president issued in October. Advocates would welcome any form of presidential relief and celebrate the formal forgiveness for a few people who were previously convicted of offenses like unknowingly renting housing space to a person growing marijuana, as the White House said was the case for a now pardoned John Dix Knox III. But at the same time, the president continues to face pressure to make good on his campaign pledge to free all currently incarcerated people serving time for federal marijuana crimes. And this latest batch of pardons did not include any of the people still behind bars over the plant. Besides 72-year-old Nock, the president also pardoned 50-year-old Edward Lincoln DeCoyo III, an Army veteran who was convicted in a marijuana trafficking case in his early 20s. Gary Parks Davis also received a pardon for a decades-old cocaine conviction. This set of pardons includes individuals who honorably served in the U.S. military, volunteer in their communities, and survived domestic abuse according to White House Assistant Press Secretary Abdullah Hassan. It also joins the categorical pardon of thousands convicted of simple marijuana possession Biden announced earlier this year. 
Biden has received ample applause for his earlier marijuana pardon, which affected about 6,500 Americans with federal possession offenses, in addition to people convicted for the offense in Washington, D.C., according to the U.S. Sentencing Commission. But advocates and lawmakers have encouraged him to go further, even if he's unwilling to back federal cannabis legalization. Weldon Angelos, who received a presidential pardon under the Trump administration for a marijuana-related conviction, has since become an active member of the criminal justice reform community, working with multiple administrations. He told Marijuana Moment on Friday that Biden's latest action is very disappointing pardon grant. He pointed out that several recipients are in older age, making the clemency gesture more symbolic than practical, as thousands continue to sit in federal prison over marijuana. He said, I was deeply disappointed that President Biden has done this and has not honored his campaign promise to grant mass clemency to people that are needlessly suffering in prison for a cannabis conviction. Pardons are definitely nice, especially for people that need the pardon. If you're a young person that can't get a job or an apartment or a loan, yeah, pardons are very good. We need those. But there are people that are literally sitting in prison, most of whom would not even be charged today because of char changes to state and federal law and policy. We need to focus on the people that are sitting in prison. And I hope that Biden will continue to grant more. I'm hoping that we're going to see a lot more. It's just disappointing that he hasn't done that much to this date. Angelos uh, added that he has received multiple calls on Friday from currently incarcerated people who are hoping to receive clemency over the holiday season. Meanwhile, Biden top administration officials have continued to tout his October pardons for the past several weeks. Uh, well, just like Jason Beck, you know, Biden's all talk, no show. Um, so it yeah, would be right. nice. <laughs> it would be nice <laughs> if we could see the pardons happen and the promises that Joe Biden made. Uh, I suspect if Joe Biden does run for re-election, that perhaps these uh, campaign promises will maybe come to fruition in October in two more years. Discretion for Hyatt nine years. Yeah, right. Keep dreaming. You know what? Uh, Weldon Angelos actually uh, sent out some tweets, and I want to read those because I think this, spe this speaks volumes uh, to, to your article, Gretchen. He says, Biden announces year-end pardons for six people, mostly drug or alcohol-related offenses, CBS News. Come on, Joe Biden. Let's get serious on clemencies for those incarcerated for cannabis. And in the second... Uh, tweet he says an 80 year old doesn't need a pardon someone who is sitting in prison does or someone whose life is negatively impacted by a felony conviction and can't get a job loan or a home a uh, home because of it there these are george w bush pardons so much for campaign promises from our very own weldon angelos what do you gotta say yeah, about well, that Weldon nails it. I mean, he's 100% right in that statement. It is a bunch of bullshit. I, you know, whether it's naive or not, I tend to always be a bit of an idealist and I tend to always hope for the best. At least that's what I manifest on in Gretchen. My prediction has been since the beginning of last election, which is on the second term when they go to run, that's when they're going to kick this in. It's going to be just a couple of weeks before election day, I'm sure. So you and think Joe Biden can run? No, I don't think he's going to run, but I think our party's going to run. And I, or not. Right, Mike. You think he's going to be the he's going to be the Democratic nominee, is what you're saying? You went on mute, Mandy. And yeah, nominees. Anyway, my be this: they're probably going to to move this initiative forward much heavier handedly as, as you know when we get closer to an election. It's. I, it's, I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't think I Joe think Biden that they'd be is, is about not that. To. 
they would be foolish. He, he not would to. definitely be foolish not to, but I mean, he's foolish every day. Do you see the things that come out of his mouth? It's just, okay. I'm not even talking about fucking party needs to step up and realize that this is a big step in the right direction to win again. Period. I mean, most of the people in this party just, uh, just do it to placate to voters and then voters buy into their BS and then they do absolutely nothing, which is why since the Democrats held it all three branches of government, they got absolutely nothing done in Congress for us. You got to give it to him. You cut out, Rico. Got to give it to him. you froze up on us. God damn it. You said, try again. Try again. I'm going to refresh this bitch. Um, I was like, you got to give it to Joe Biden, man. He's got to have a stomach of steel because he eats ice cream for every meal. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, jeez. You know. Oh man, on, on that note, on that let's just let, let let's take it. Let's take a quick. Let's pay a quick bill so we can get back yeah. to the news. Was he not? But you want to grow some of the best weed in the world? Then you must start with the best genetics in the so world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sa to see why our terps don't lie. The thoughts, opinions, and shade thrown in High 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made... any country, area, or territory or authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationship or responsibility. Our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever by the part of any speaker on stage. If you're an easily offended person, call Joe Biden. Call Joe <laughs> Biden. Oh man, he's not even going to answer his phone. <laughs> Flying into LAX and you want to taste some of the best weed in the world? Then stop by LAXCC, the closest dispensary to LAX, located at 8332 Lincoln Boulevard and open from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week. Always make LAXCC your first stop when you touch down in L.A. (laughs) and score like a winner. And don't forget to tell them I sent you and mention you'd like to get high at 9 for 10% off your full order. Our next correspondent is a fellow dope dad who decided to trade in his issue gun and badge for a blunt and a notepad. When not on stage, he's with us with us reading on the weed news. This former cop's a security consultant at CC Security Solutions, dedicating each day to improving your chances of survivability. Rather than waiting on safe banging to get past, he's going to come to the stage and read our next story in the first one of the new year. Mr. Chris Eggers, what you have for us today, my man? Rico Lamine, man. Always with the fire intros. Hello, everybody. All my fellow correspondents. Happy Monday and happy new year. Uh, this is a follow-up article to something I reported on a couple weeks ago. Uh, Alabama Daily News. The Cannabis Commission receives 94 applications. So upon Friday's deadline, the uh, Alabama Medical Cannabis Commission said it received 94 applications for the medical marijuana business licenses. There are several different license types that the commissions will uh, award and grant and then regulate. Uh, There were 12 applications for cultivator licenses, 12 for processors, 18 for dispensary, 11 for secure transport, 
Oh, wow, 11 for secure transport, three for state testing laboratory, and 38 for integrated uh, facility licenses. The commission is scheduled to award these licenses uh, for each of these categories at their June meeting. Once the business license have been uh, issued, physicians may begin the certification process to recommend medical cannabis to qualified patients, which I think we had some good comments last time about uh, the wording. So it looks like they, they may have improved that here. Under, can uh, under Alabama's 2021 medical marijuana law, the commission may award up to 12 cultivator licenses, uh, four processor licenses, four dispensary licenses, and five integrated facility licenses. The law did not specify how many secure transport and state testing laboratory licenses can and will be awarded. The commission has partnered. This is pretty interesting. I think I really like this. The commission has partnered with the University of South Alabama on the application and evaluation process. According to a statement, university researchers will review, evaluate, and score business line applications. So I don't know. It didn't. I couldn't find any information whether this uh, period has closed, but you could apply to be an evaluator. Um, they will send you an email asking you to sign. Uh, a couple of disclosures and, and various other things. But once you uh, submit an application, you could put your name in the hat to be uh, an evaluator in one of these various categories. Now, John McMillan, uh, the commission director, said in a statement in this article, quote, the commission spent much of 2022 laying the groundwork for Alabama's medical cannabis industry by drafting rules and regulations, obtaining software tracking systems and developing the business applications. We are excited to utilize the strong framework we put together to implement a safe and operational medical cannabis industry as we move into 2023. Uh, that's my article today. Bit of a follow-up from, I believe it was last week or the week before, but I think it's pretty cool that they're partnering uh, with the University of South Alabama and allowing other folks, uh, industry insiders, experts, et cetera, to uh, be in part evaluators in this process. My name is Chris Seggers. Thanks for letting me report this morning at the Hyatt 9 News Hour. Happy well, Chris... Chris, it sounds like since they only received three testing applications, testing lab applications, it sounds like all those three people are probably going to be guaranteed a license. Yeah, unless there's the, unless is one. It didn't say that and secure transport didn't say, you know, what the cap was. So but yeah, only three. That was you're going to need like, you're going to need more than three in a, in a state the size of Alabama. How many manufacturing licenses again? So there's uh for, okay, there's going to be 12 applications for uh, cultivators, 12 for processing, 18 dispensary, 11 for secure transport, three for state laboratory testing, and 38 integrated facility licenses total. So integrated facility, does that just mean like multi, like vertically integrated? Vertically integrated, yeah. So everything outside of testing, Mandy. So I didn't hear a manufacturing. Is the, I'm assuming man lumped in somewhere in there. Yeah, he's he's he he mentioned manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, how, I didn't hear how many. How, ma that was a, that was how many? How many was it, Chris? How many manufacturing? A dozen. A dozen. Well, so a dozen manufacturing 12. facilities with three labs, and how many cultivations? Twelve. That's actually enough. Well, and we don't know that all twelve of these folks are getting <laughs> licenses either. Of course they are. If um, it's thirty-eight, if it's thirty, if they're giving out thirty-eight easy, licenses, easy killer, easy. They might not be qualified, so they might not just give out a license just because you showed up and handed them some paper. I mean, um, it's Alabama. We're, we're, talk, we're talking about Alabama. I understand yeah, it's exactly. Alabama. We also need paper? to remember. I think the bigger issue is going to be that these places, the testing labs, whoever, that this stuff is distributed across the state. Alabama is a pretty big state. Uh, but it's also very rural. Uh, there's only 5 million people in Alabama total. Um, and the cities aren't very large. 
Um, so I think it's really, they're going to have to really look at this from a more regional perspective uh, mm -hmm. when they're issuing these licenses and put them in places that make sense. So if you're in Northern Alabama, you get what you need. And if you're in Southern Alabama, you do as well. They need to spread it out. It can't just be based are off you, of, it, there has to be it, real thought put into this a bit put in more. The earmark, put in the earmark. They are the pork barrel capital of the world out there and, in Alabama. And isn't it, Go ahead, Dr. They, Felicia. Aren't they just offering low TAC CBD oil like uh, Georgia? So if it's just like one product, isn't would you need as many laboratories? I'm, I'm not aware of that, Dr. Felicia. Did, did Chris, did you see anything about them having any type of caps on THC percentages in, the, in, in there? Nope, not in this article or the one. I'm not in that article, but I thought I remember when they first uh, passed their medical program that it's very similar to Georgia, just low THC CBD oil, if I recall correctly. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, you are the closest person to there of everyone on stage, Dr. Felicia. Well, and yeah, that, that's what struck me. That's what struck me because yeah. it's so similar to us. Perhaps Alabama is actually being progressive in their thinking, realizing they're not going to need 42 cultivators because they're going to get interstate commerce and they're going to be bringing in some wonderful cannabis from the state of California. What and dream world are you living in, Gretchen? I'm hopeful. It's a new year. Let's have some little hope. It's, for the it's a new year, new year hope, huh? Yeah, that we're gonna call. Oh. We're gonna start a new strain called Hope for Gretchen. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna start selling it in D.C. at the little trap shops that she shops at. Hey, hey, hey! hey. <laughs> well, Maybe they'll put well, Joe Biden's face nowadays. on it. Hope. <laughs> which which one? <laughs> <laughs> He'll be eating a eating a eating an ice cream cone or something. <laughs> oh so man, so creepy. I mean, I mean, it's it's it, this stuff is crazy to me. You know, Alabama. I just you know, I, I'm I'm really am excited because I, I thought Alabama would be one of the last states to actually do this. Um, and so I am I am. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised that. Yeah, I mean, I thought Alabama would have been before or after Idaho, but. I mean, Idaho is apparently uh, uh, proving to be one of the most conservative states in the entire country. Like on Earth, yeah, that's well, that's so in, in the country. That is, that is Idaho, Earth. I could go on forever. I mean, I, what about go, go, tell, tell us about tell us about your Idaho experience, Mandy? I'm not. That's South Dakota. I'm saying I know is going to be the very last. That's my prediction. They'll be the very last. Actually, the federal government will legalize it, and Idaho will still hell no. <laughs> Just like so, they'll be they'll be they'll be like the Utah when it comes to cannabis. Utah is more progressive than Idaho. Is what you talking about? I, 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 no, no, but 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 that's Idaho is is the most is the most oppressive when it comes to alcohol in the entire country, and so that's why I'm saying is that Idaho is going to be what Utah is with alcohol. Idaho will be with cannabis. Either way, uh, I, I love that yeah. Alabama's doing this. I wish Texas would get on board. Maybe Texas will see what's going on in Alabama and maybe finally push them over the edge. I don't know what Texas is waiting for. Talk about a freak show, Texas. Yeah. I wish Liz or Stone were here to help defend because, there. Is it because the attorney general down there yeah. in Texas runs the motherfucking show? I mean, I thought, no, he's a lieutenant governor. Oh, that's what it is? Yeah, he's, he's a lieutenant yeah. governor. Uh, well, and plus they have weird legislature that only meets every two years, but. Interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to keep we're going to keep it moving. Thank you so much for that, Chris. We really appreciate that story and that update on 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 all that because it was only six licenses prior to right. There are six applications yeah. that they had received just a few just days before. No. And they got all the way up to the nineties. No, last week they had like ninety one. They got three more. No. Was that what it was? Only three more this. this no, week? no, no. The they, no, they only got like six. They only had the like tape. six applications. You're crazy. Bet on it. Bet on it. How much you want to bet, Jason Beck? You know what I bet with you, Gretchen. Oh God! Yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna start betting Gretchen all day. All of a sudden, Panopic Strategy is gonna be working for me. Yeah. <laughs> hostile takeover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, take that, Elon. Let me show you how we do a hostile takeover over here on the West Coast. <laughs> yes. Let that sink in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But coming up next, she's a cannabis product extraordinaire, a serial cannapreneur, and the owner of Camilla Canagram, canamommy.org, and the Woman's Canna Awards competition. She's an Emerald Cup edibles judge, and she's in searching the globe for the perfect cannabis and psychedelic edible experiences that you could possibly explore. As a crusader for female entrepreneurs, Mandy also loves showing the world how cannabis, motherhood, and an executive lifestyle all go hand in hand. It is none other than the Mandy Tingler. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So my article today is what rules are in California for citizens who choose to consume can article comes out of my hometown, the Saudi. The article's title is Can I Smoke Weed in a Public Place? Here's a refresher on California cannabis law. This is good for everybody, but let's be really honest. We don't all pay attention to everything that's happening, so now you'll know. While here will usher in new laws, the cannabis landscape of California will remain the same for now. In 2024, cannabis users will get more protection from their employers smoking outside of work. In time, here's a refresher on where can use weed in California. California recently passed a new cannabis bill to employees from weed buys, but it'll be a while before it goes into effect. A2188 bans discriminating against employees based on their use of weed on the job and away from the workplace. So it's the hiring, employment, and termination process. There are exceptions to the law, including people who work in the construction, building industry, or positions that require federal background clearances. And while it protects off-duty smoking, employees will still have the right employer, excuse me, employers still have the right to fire or suspend employees for using weed or being while at work. While the bill was signed by Governor Gavin Newsom in September, it won't be active until January 2024. Recreational cannabis use has been legal since 2016, but only for those 21 years and older. Those under 18 who are caught with weed subject to drug education or counseling and community service. People who are older than 18 but under 21 will be fined up to $100. That said, minors can apply for a medical marijuana identification card to get weed for medicinal purposes. In California, children under 18 can apply as a 
patient if they are emancipated or have declared self-sufficiency status, according to the Department of Health. If they do not have this status, then the county will contact the individual's parent guardian. There's a limit to how much cannabis you can have on hand in California, according to the state's health and safety code. If you have 28.5 grams of weed or more than eight grams of concentrated cannabis, essentially about one ounce. Individuals under 18 who violate this code will be required to do drug education counseling and community service. Those over eight to be imprisoned in a county jail for up to six months. That's essentially an ounce. You could go and be imprisoned. If you're caught with weed on school campus that teaches kids from kindergarten to grade 12 during open hours, expect a hefty fine. People 18 and over carrying up to 28.5 grams of cannabis or 8 grams concentrated cannabis will be fined up to $250 for the first offense and up to $500 or imprisonment for the following offenses. You do need to, have to sell weed in California. Other than that, exchanging weed for money is illegal. You can, however, gift marijuana products to your loved ones without a license. It's illegal to smoke weed in public. If you're caught, you can be fined up to $100 and up to $250 in your, if you're in an area where smoking tobacco is prohibited. Penalties if you're smoking within 1,000 feet of daycares, schools, and other centers were present. National parks, state parks, and residential areas do not allow cannabis use. You also cannot smoke, consume products, or have an open container or package while driving or riding Boat. Travel across state lines with cannabis, even coming to and from a state that legalizes marijuana is prohibited. At airports, weed law can get complex. Since it's legal in California, some airports, such as the International Airport and Sac National Airport, might allow you to bring a legal amount of up to 28.5 grams. Once you reach the Transportation Security Administration, however, Federal regulations will come into play, and under federal law, weed is illegal. If a TSA officer finds any potential violations of the law, they can report it to local state parties. They will then deter you can proceed with traveling with the cannabis product. What's interesting about this article is there's actually a Google form at the bottom of it that says, what questions do you have for the California utility team? And you can ask all sorts of lovely things about cannabis rules here in California. But that, my friends, is your New Year's California Cannabis Law Refresher course. I'm Mandy Tingler at Nine News. Did Mandy, you said that they said that you just can't have an opened container of cannabis on a plane? Right. Did they really say that? It said in the article, it says that you cannot have an open container. <laughs> so so is, the, is that a government agency that, uh, that, that is manning the website that you're, that you're sourcing? A it's Sacramento Bee. That, where, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, the website that you said that if they want to ask a question, they go to. Is that a government website? Oh, yeah. It's at the bottom of the article, and it goes to the state. Yes. Yeah, I would ask the state that, just for clarification. I would, I would ask them that. I was like, hey, the Sacramento Bee says this. Is this true? Okay. <laughs> Not a bad. I think I will. We, I, think, I think we should. I want to see what they're going to say. This is going to lead to a lawsuit. Know. It's illegal to get it onto the plane, so I don't understand if it matters if it's open or not. I I, I just I, I just asking just because like just the fact that it's even mentioned 
I want to ask this question now. No one because in Sacramento I would just expect them not to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I would just expect and, them not I mean, to say it. I haven't it. had a problem in a single airport anywhere ever, but I've also probably been a little lucky. So. I've, I've, um, I, I've had, uh, I've definitely had some interactions in airports before. Um, some of them have been fucking pretty crazy. I got wrapped up like a candy cane by a dog leash one time. Um, coming from the Canadian border. Yeah, like I almost was, fell over. I almost was it fell red, over. Was it red or was, was it green? You look very What's threatening, that? Jason. I'm just saying. I, the dog was scared. You. The candy. It was me. I was me. I was, of course, it was a red candy cane. Like, come on, cut it out. <laughs> I'm always chatting up TSA and asking them, you know, hey, how do you how do you deal with this? And and consistently they've all said the same thing. Listen, we're here to look for, you know, weapons and things like that. Yeah. We don't get paid. We don't get paid enough to look, you know, beyond that scope, which I appreciate. Right. That Same part is lane. true. So, that part is true. Goes. But it's, but at the same time, if you get someone that that's bored and wants to do something or feels like they need to find something in order to, uh, to, to boost their profile um, amongst their superior or something, and they find something like that on you, don't think, that you are exempt and whatnot, because they definitely have the ability to do that to you. Yeah, don't right. be that. Guy. Yep. Don't be that guy. And and also too, I, I question a lot of these a lot of these rules, um, Mandy, because these rules um, rules are only as strong as they are enforceable. Yep. Okay. And so smoking, like I don't see I don't see anyone getting getting busted for for smoking weed in different places or whatnot. Um, you could possibly, if it's in a car, um, and get a DUI, stuff like that. Um, in California, I have seen that happen a few times, but I wonder if this is going to bring some type of new thing for the Karens involved with the fact that just being on school grounds, like if you're a parent and you go and pick up your kid from school and you just happen to have an eighth of weed in your glove box, right? Then All the technically, time. that's my I point that technically you could be subject <laughs> You could be subject to this fine. Yeah. How, how, how does TSA? TSA has a ninety-five percent failure rate, like with with people getting shit through there. Like, like, what gives them the right to pat me the fuck down? Yeah. Um. The the, the right is the fact that you want to travel um in federal airspace, and they're a federal agent, and so if you want to travel in federal airspace, that gives them that right. Listen, fuck if TSA. I unloaded my car every single time I went to go pick up my kids, I'd be late in the carpool line every day. Right. I, always, I mean, right. This is. I just have a feeling. I, I have a feeling there's going to be like some small town somewhere. Some some parents going to be in some PTA fight with another parent, and they're going to find out that they have that they that they're a weed smoker, and then they're going to snitch out to the cops, and the cops are going to like stop them because they 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 pulled off too fast or something stupid, didn't use their turn signal or some mm -hmm. some ridiculousness, mm -hmm. and then they're going to say that they smell weed, search the car, find some gummies like what they did with Dogface, and then all of a sudden they're they're in trouble. Listen, I. I just want to put this out there. This literally last week with me, I was at Macy's at the local mall here. And one of the cashiers started having a grand mall seizure as he was checking someone out. And I happened to have CBD in my purse. I literally, I saw him falling. I knew exactly what was happening right in the moment. And I just dropped my stuff, grabbed my CBD. I ran around the counter and literally gave him some of it. And he stopped seizing within like five seconds. Can you imagine? Like he was so thankful afterwards. If I didn't have that on me, who knows what would have happened? Like 
it's and that's the second time that this has ever happened so i don't know what people are so afraid of we can walk around with cigarettes in our pouches and all kinds of pills like right a little yeah exactly i mean i just i just think i just think it's crazy and i don't understand you know some of these things i think do make a little bit of sense um, but but some of these things just make 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 no sense. I mean, I understand we want to keep it away from kids, but this this seems like a like a major major overreach. I think it would be more appropriate that if you're caught consuming with a child or giving a child or providing for a child cannabis while on campus, then then I think there should be you should go to jail. Can you smoke in the, in the in the in the smoking lounges in airports? You know, like how some of the airports have like a little like smoking area and shit. Can you smoke weed in there? Yeah, um, I do. You can. Back in your law enforcement days, I mean, were you getting many calls to come out for people smoking cannabis? And did you really care? Is this something you're like, hey, I get to arrest someone for smoking? No, absolutely not. Didn't care. Um, the areas that I worked, you know, quality of life um, is, is how you might categorize, you know, smoking, things like that, dog barking was not a uh, super high priority. Um, there were a lot of random calls though. You get, you get calls for anything. Uh, one of the calls was that we would get every single day in the tenderloin uh, was at this park and they would complain about the kids being too loud in the park. Like, and that would, I, I don't understand how that call would even make it to the board. Right. But like, we would just disregard it and never obviously go same thing, same sort of stance with like, with smoking, you know, it's like if you're on Market Street and, and some anonymous 911 caller calls in because they walked by in between Montgomery and Powell Bart Station and smelled, you know, cannabis. Not, gonna, not, not something we're going to deal with. It happens all the time, bro. But it people happens. call the police for all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, like, people call the police for, for, for no reason a lot of the times, too. Yeah. Which... It's one of the only extensions of the government you can reach out and like touch. And I think that that's a, a piece of it, you know, like now, there's, there's now, people. Now in regards with the, 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 the airports, because we've talked a little bit about this and I want to make sure that people um, just because some airports like LAX, Oakland, San Jose, San Francisco, maybe even Sacramento have a lot looser policies. Not all airports are the same. So know where you're going. So just for an example, not too far away from us here in California, we have Las Vegas airport. You are not allowed to step foot even into uh, Las, Los or Las Vegas airport with any cannabis whatsoever. They, they have a little amnesty box out in the front. And if you walk inside with cannabis, you are subject to get popped for it. Fuck TSA. What's that process look like? Has anyone gone through it's, it? It's, 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 it's a municipal process. It's a municipal process. It's a, it's a Las Vegas. You'll get a ticket from the Clark County Sheriff's Department, and then you'll have a court date and uh, have a fine, maybe have to go to some diversion classes or something. Who knows what they're doing right now? But you're, you are Clark County does prosecute that. Yeah, performative fucking security. Shit out of here, man. Make America strong again, Jason. Yep, I had them. I had them take some weed out of my bag one time. This is how I know this. They took some weed out of my bag, out of my suitcase, out of checked-in luggage, and left a left a little note, and then left me a ticket saying saying, "Hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna uh, find you for this, but just know and tell all your friends that you cannot fly with weed at all in Vegas Airport." Haters. That's weird. I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, I know. I'm sure everybody does. You know, I bet, just I happened bet, to. I bet they never. I bet they never stop uh, for all the dildos that come through there from Vegas. On the, hey, on those, like, question: If you get so you, smoke. you get these hundred dollar fines in California, right? And then what happens if you mm -hmm. don't pay them? I mean, they're they're nonviolent cannabis crimes. So um, it goes it goes on your credit and goes to collections. Uh, not warrant. only that, but they some agencies. Let's see uh, that happen. I'd love to see what that eighth on my credit report actually. <laughs> it'll 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 show it'll show up as a ticket from the state that you haven't paid. Mm. It won't it won't say specify for what it'll show up as a, as like you owe the state money. You have a you have outstanding fines. Fuck yeah. Experian. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's ride it oh, that was a that was a great show, everybody. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Mandy, yeah. for that story and keeping us up to date on the news. <coughs> Don't new say things I didn't tell you. Going to affect in January. That's right. Don't say you haven't been warned. Exactly. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific at high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our audience supporters for tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry itself. Thank you to all our haters, because after all, you know, we have the most immaculate pads rent free in your heads all for free. So thank you for that huge thank you to our sponsors true classic laxcc and dna genetics for helping us keep everything rolling and thank you to our correspondents for absolutely truly amazing and happy new years to everyone out there thank you all to cannabis for giving us a reason to do this and thank you cloud media partners house of fuego one of the new groups that we're working with and zaza simone holding it down in clubhouse for us and thank you to cannabis for making sure that we can do this every day. And thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us. America's number one daily cannabis news show. Run it out of here.